0: the Lord. Thank you Jesus. I love it whenever song leaders and people that's going to sing can get the right channel of the spirit that the preacher is going to preach in. I love it when the Lord does that. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. Question and answers tomorrow night for the youth. We're strong for that, Brother Rob and Brother Joe. Seven o'clock. Remember that. Of course, we'll be streaming it for those of you that aren't young folks anymore. You can still stream it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. So it's for him and by him. In bringing many sons unto glory. Now listen now. This is before we were even saved. In bringing many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Now this word perfect is the same word we've been looking at for perfect love. It's not sinlessness, but it's completion. So remember, the Lord Jesus was totally sinless, but his character, he had conned from the eternal and took on a human character that still needed to be made perfect. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? So he's made perfect or complete teleos, complete, lacking nothing, through, not through miracles, Signs, wonders, raising the dead, healing the sick, and all that was part of it. But that's not the way our character is actually made, but through sufferings, plural. And then Paul goes on to say, for both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all of one. How is that even possible? He who sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed, listen to this, to call them brethren. Wow. He is not ashamed to call them brethren. And I've just got to be honest with you tonight. There's some members of my family. I'm not sure I'd want y'all to know. No, center, look at me like y'all are kind of angels. There's some of yours you probably wouldn't want me to know. How is this even possible? That he is not ashamed to call us brothers. And let's be realistic. There's people that come to our church, maybe people that have come to our church in the past, and things they have done, the way they've lived. My goodness, we would be ashamed for anybody to know they come to our church. But can you imagine him looking at us and all of our failures and shortcomings? And it is not an embarrassment to call us brothers. His Majesty and glory are not compromised or given away by becoming brotherhood with us. His majesty, his dignity, his glory it's not compromised or given away by such a work. Notice what Paul goes on to say in verse 12 saying I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Lord God, children, how can we not love him more than anything in this world? So he's not ashamed of us, and then he goes on to say, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Now you realize what this is saying? That we are of the same nature and the same origin And belong to the same family as the sinless Lord Jesus. And then he says, in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Now here, this is Jesus. Jesus is saying, in the midst of the church, I will sing praise unto thee. Of course, you Bible readers know that this actually One of the fulfillments, anyway, happened in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, whenever they were there at the communion table, and Jesus began to expound to them a few things that was going to happen, and then the Bible says they sang a hymn, Matthew 26, 30. So, the Lord Jesus fulfilled this scripture when he sang in the church there wasn't but 11 of them there, but they represented all of us. So he sang in the church. I believe he's still doing it, don't you? And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold I and the children which God has given me. Behold I and the children which God has given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Now, can this be scripturally correct? That Paul is calling the family of God children even before they're saved? Hmm. This blows away a lot of our tradition, don't it? For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Notice what he puts in the first order. He doesn't put the flesh and blood first, but the children part. For the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Now notice what he does. He also himself, likewise, took part of the same. That through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Well, we could say the benediction right now and go home and say, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And they'd like to be remembered tonight as we pray. God bless you. I wanna mention to you that Lance got to come home yesterday Still not well, but doing so much better. I know we'd uh, appreciate your continued prayers. I'm sure that there's many needs and requests among us tonight, or they're not. Let's just hold those in our hearts. Let's ask the Lord to open our hearts tonight to his word. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. How could we not love you? That you would so care for us. That we had to come through flesh and blood. And you said, well, if they will, I will. And yet before we were even born, you were calling us brothers and children. You were so confident in your own program. You knew sin, death, sickness, nothing. Nothing would ever be able to stop you from accomplishing your divine purpose. That gives us faith tonight, Lord. We ask that you would help us in this service. Help me to get out of the way, Father. I'm your servant reporting for duty. I've studied, I've prayed, I've applied myself. And I pray that you would come and help me, Jesus. Help me to get out of the way. Be mindful of the needs of your children tonight. We commit the service to you. I bind every devil that would try to hinder this service. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you are already defeated. You might as well just pack up your little ditty bag and go on back down to hell. Because we done come to have church tonight and you ain't going to stop us. Bless us now together, Father, we pray. In the name of Jesus. And the children of God said, Amen. "I believe the children of God can say it better than that." And the children of God said, Amen. "Ah, that's more like it. God bless you. You can be seated. I wonder. For those of us here tonight, many of us have been saved for decades, been walking with God, given him everything that we knew to give to him. Oh, sure, we've made mistakes and failures, and when we would do that, we would repent and make it right. We've read our Bibles, we've listened to tapes, we've come to church, we've prayed, we've sang, we've done Many, many things for him and for his children, for his kingdom. But when I read such things as we've just read here, I wonder how many of us still lack understanding and what he has done and accomplished for us. That he himself would not be ashamed to be identified with us and not be ashamed, even though he knew he would find us in the depths of sin. He knew that even after he saved us, we would mess up so many times over and over again. And some of the things we would do would be so dumb. And we would walk right into traps and snares, sometimes with our eyes wide open. Wide open, just just as fast as we can go. And him doing everything that he could do to stop us. And we just go headlong into it and fall short of his glory. And yet, he knew that. I wonder, without you raising your hands tonight, if there's any people here that have made friends with people. And maybe acquaintances and then It developed into a friendship later, and then as it went on in time, that person actually became a great hindrance to you and your family. And you look back and wish, I wish I would have never even met that person. I wish I would have never enjoined in a a friendship to them. I didn't realize it was going to be so painful I didn't know what they were going to do to me. And then we think of that and have those regrets. And yet, the Lord Jesus knew every time I would fall short of his glory. He knew every time I would complain about having to preach things I don't like to preach. He knew I would complain whenever he puts upon my heart to deal with issues. And I know when I do. I want to catch it. I know preachers are going to call my name. I know they're going to blast me. I know that. And then I complain about it and I feel sorry for myself. And he looked at me before the foundation of the world and said, I love you anyway. He knew every time that you would go through a trial and he would withhold understanding from you. He knew you would question him. He knew there'd be times that you'd even say it out loud. Do you even love me still? Do you not know my needs? Have you forgotten where I live? Are you not mindful of my situation? He knew every time you'd do that. He knew every time that Moses would scream out to God. He knew every time our prophet would do the things that he did. Elijah would do what he did. He knew what Jonah would do. And yet he's still not ashamed to call us family. Family. There's some things that members of my family have done that's been a great pain to me, whether on my mother's side or my father's side. Some of the way my family have turned out has brought me humiliation. And they probably feel the same way about me. Not because that I've lived wrong, but for what I've stood for. Because it's brought them shame, even though they don't live here. But yet, the Lord Jesus so looked at us with all of that through years of our life and our unbelief and our fears and our anxieties. All that we would go through and said, I am not ashamed to call them. My family. As a matter of fact, I understand when I put attributes into flesh, there's something about that flesh that weakens the strength of that attribute to the soul. And when I embody that attribute with all of its godliness and all of its purity, and when I embed that, In human flesh, there's something about it. It no longer has the same power that it had when it was in my sinking. It's like it dilutes it. It waters it down. It takes away from the glory and the splendor of what it had in my mind. So he said, how can that be? What does it do? So he said, well, if the children are partakers of flesh, I will become their older brother, as it were. And I myself will step from the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I will weaken who I am. I will lower my demeanor. I will step in that same thing that they stepped in. I won't understand, how could Moses get so angry? How could David, when I gave him a kingdom and I gave him his enemies, I gave him wives and children, how could David step away from my commandment and commit adultery? How could Solomon, to whom I gave the outpouring of such wisdom that there had never been a man like him on the earth and allow him to build my house for my name. And yet when he got old, he turned his heart away from me. What does that flesh do? How does it so blind them to my love? I want to understand. So he himself become a man. Then he begins to, from the inside out, begin to feel fear, trauma, anxiety, temptation. As a matter of fact, the prophet tells us that he was tempted by women with drinking. Tempted in every point, like as we are. Even prayed to dodge the cross. I'm so glad that prayer was not answered. Aren't you? If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. And then he even asked the question, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He didn't just say why. He felt why. And experienced why. I mean, he's ever experienced why. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing when you experience it. And then he would turn it around that through the weakness of this same thing that Satan got every one of his kids, whether it was Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Nahum, Jonah, Obadiah, Zechariah, Malachi, every one of them dealt with their human flesh. He said, that's the answer. That's what I'll do. I'll come through that weakness of humanity and pull the arrows of death into my own body. I will reach out and grab them and slam them into my own chest and my heart will burst open and I will annihilate death in human flesh. And I will destroy him that has the power of death. That is the devil. Now he didn't do that in a theophany. He didn't pull the spears of death and anxiety and worry and fear and bore our sorrows and our sickness He could not bear that in a theophany, but he had to bear it in human flesh. And then he said, I will take that veil and in the weakness of that veil. I will conquer death, hell, and the grave. Every bit of it. In the very same channel that Satan has defeated my people since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. When you look at what he did and then realize what he has elevated us from and still left us in the weakness of this mortality. Anybody feel the same way I do? There ain't nobody in the world I love any better than Donnie. He is my favorite person. Don't sit there and look at me like a bunch of holy angels. Y'all are just rotten and stink and low down and no good. I'm talking about your body, just like I am and everybody else is. And there ain't nobody you love no better. And there ain't nobody that causes you more problem than your own sorry self. The reason every one of us here tonight aren't any closer to God, you might blame your wife, you might blame your husband, but the truth of it is, it's you. It's you. Can anybody say Amen. It's ourselves, that's our greatest enemy. If Brother Branham would tell us William Branham was his greatest enemy, not blindness, not diabetes, not, not uh, you know, all these types of demons that he dealt with, but he said his greatest enemy was himself. How many can say the same for you? It's you, that's your greatest enemy. And yet God, in saving us and giving us his own life, he would still choose to leave us in this veil of weakness and humanity. And from this pivotal point of where he changes us from the soul out, he will start conquering again the kingdom of hell in bride form. Then what he's gonna do is he's going to put the government of his body this mystical body on the earth, inside this new thing that he's called the church. Now this is a new word, of course, church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Now remember, it's a brotherhood. And it's not that you and I, that we're part of some other tribe and part of some other family, and we were adopted in from some other family. No, we were attributes in the mind of God, just like he was. As a matter of fact, we come from the same source just at different times, that's all. And you're more like him than what your flesh would ever want you to realize. The main difference between you and him was that he knew he existed before the foundation of the world. As a matter of fact, he existed in the Logos form, which was the pre-incarnate form of humanity because God never had a permanent body before the Lord Jesus. But he existed, so it was by him and through him that all things were made. And remember, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But remember, God is not a man. God is not a man. God is a spirit. So God himself gave birth to a further extension of his own being. Unlike you and I, we cannot do that. And we think, well, father and son. Well, you think of an older man and a younger man. That's not the way father and son is in the Godhead. Father is that great holy light. It is that which will overshadow our Joseph, the Lord Jesus, in the eighth day. It is that which is invisible. And he chose to take on a human form. I love the way the prophet says that in future home, he thought of himself as being a human and that transmitted him down to become Jesus. So he thought of himself as being a human. Then the thought transmitted down to the earth and landed in the womb of Mary. And that then became his own body then with that body, he would conquer and be able to come back in the form of the Holy Ghost and set up his government on the earth. For 2,000 years, his body, his shoulders, has been the means by which he has spread forth the gospel. It has been his means of establishing the kingdom on the earth. Now, you may look and say, boy, I'll tell you one thing, Brother Donnie, it hasn't been very successful. Oh, but I beg to differ with you. It has been so successful, hell has fought it in every age and still to this day has never defeated it. Now, it's got down surely. It's went down the times of the dark ages. It's been up and down through different times and trials. But Satan, no matter how hard he's tried, he's never been able to defeat the church of the living God. And let me go ahead and tell you, in case you don't know it, he never will. Because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Notice this in the spoken word's original See. Again, we read this, we looked at it several times, but the prophet said his shoulders is his body. Where the government on the earth, where's the government on the earth at? In his body. Saints shall judge the earth. Is that right? Paul said, I dare you to go to court with one another and not take it before the church. Saints shall judge the earth. Where's the government going to be upon? His shoulders. His body, the government upon his shoulders, and that's a part of the body. What is it? His earthly strengths. Now, remember, he he has no other strengths upon the earth. Angels, even though they are ascending and descending, and they are ministering to the heirs of salvation, yet angels will never stand in a pulpit, take an iPad or a Bible, stand up and take a text and preach because the seed does not pass through angelic ministration. The seed passes through his body, and that is you. Angels could do a much greater job in the sense, of course, because they're without fault and without blame. But he never gave the angels the ability to reproduce himself. He gave that to the weakest of his creation on the earth, human beings. But yet he designated that through the government of the church on the earth, his kingdom would be propagated, his kingdom would be ruled, his kingdom would have a dominion. Now I know you may look at it now and say, oh my goodness, I can't hardly believe that God will do something like this. You mean this is great as it is? You're looking at it on this side of the veil. You wait till we get on the other side and see how they look at it. It will take your breath away. Now what's this, the government upon his shoulders, that's a part of it, what is it? His earthly strength. God's earthly strength in his word is his word made flesh in his body on the earth bringing it to pass. Oh, but you say, Brother Donnie, but we're so in the minority. It don't take that many to be able to fulfill God's promised word in every age. And God doesn't do it the way that man does. Man looks at grace masses of numbers and, you know, getting everybody together and doing all this. God's never done it that way. God has always worked in the minority. And from that minority, he does more with that minority than Satan does in his majority. He's always done it that way. So watch now as the prophet's talking about his meetings when he was in India. Now, I stood there several years ago in one of those little churches where Brother Branham was, a very, very small place, and there was absolutely ten thousands times thousands of people that was gathered down the streets in those meetings there, and it must have been absolutely awesome. Great miracles, supernatural things happened. People give their heart to God. People got saved. But I want you to notice now how the the prophet, following in the structure of the apostolic form from the book of Acts and on down through the New Testament, of how that he felt like a church should be carried on and a message. Now remember, we believe that he came to restore our hearts back to the original faith. Is that right? Now watch, he's talking about the meetings there in India. What could I do? There wasn't a thing, perhaps, maybe, Say that just to say there's 100,000 of them. Now think, 100,000 that had got saved, say, in those days and those meetings. Nothing I could do. There was nobody to give to them. The message that I believed, there wasn't even a Pentecostal denomination that would cooperate with me. All of those souls probably drifted back into Sikhs, James, Buddhism, whatever more they come from, no place to put them. So you mean those hundreds of 100,000 souls was his estimate that got saved and they went right back where they come from, why? There was no shoulders in India to carry on the work. Now, wait a minute, what about the Spirit of God? What, wasn't angels in India? Of course they are. Well, you know, not whenever he was there in the early 50s, they had already been making tapes since 1947. Well, wonder why that he did not set up home tape churches. So whenever he got back home, that he would just start sending hundreds and hundreds of tapes over there in India and say, well, really y'all don't need a church. You don't need a a pastor or deacons or nothing like that. Y'all can just stay home and and listen uh, to me preach and it'll be the same thing as going to church. Well, apparently he didn't believe it that way. Well, come on now, don't get mad at me. I know message people do and that's all they are. They're message people, they're not really bright because if they were bright, they would do what their prophet taught them to do. If God's in your heart, you can't wait till them doors are open. And he said, if you don't feel that way, it's time you got to praying, which lets me know a lot of the message people need to go to praying. Now, notice he said there was no place to put them. That's a shame, that's a disgrace because I had no cooperation because of the stand that I take. Now perhaps the Durban meeting, now this of course is in South Africa, perhaps the Durban meeting not having it rightly, and the people see such a scattered amongst the Pentecostal faith and so forth, the people didn't know what to do. They had no place to go. Well, why would you need a place to go If you receive Jesus and get everything you need and one of Brother Ram's meetings, why would you need a place to go? Hello? Why why would you need a place to go? Because you've got to assemble yourself together with where the government of God is being orchestrated in that community where you live. Now watch, this is what the prophet said and this is what he believed. You haven't listened to this tape in a while Would do you good to listen to it, Taken Sides of Jesus, 1962. Now the people didn't know what to do. They had no place to go. Now again, I ask you, why didn't when he got home, he just said it already while he was there, he would have had time looking at all the response of the people and just have a bunch of those tapes airdropped. Have them airdropped over there. Well, Brother Donnie, it costs a lot of money. Well, what's one soul worth? You mean one soul is not worth several hundred thousand dollars or whatever more to send a bunch of tapes up and just set up home churches? Now, we're going to do this because there's no preachers here yet, and this will keep you all. Well, that's what they're doing now. Come on, friends. I know you don't understand it, but in Africa and India and different parts of the world, there's preachers that are setting down. And quit preaching. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They should. They should set out. Because if, if they ain't called a bit more than that, they don't deserve to be in the pulpit, no way. A God-called man, they ain't no devil. They ain't no bishop. There ain't nobody else gonna set him down because God called him, and no man didn't call him. Praise the Lord. Now, notice he goes on back to India again. What if I was in India? I'll go back to India. And now I'd say to these people, maybe they'd have thousands of them. Stay there for a week or two and they'd see the ministry and they'd love it and they'd believe it's the truth. And they'd come out of heathenism and maybe two or three weeks when I was over there or there the nights and maybe a hundred thousand converted to Christ. Nowhere to go. Again, he comes back to nowhere to go. And yet some people around the message look at that, it's no big deal. You know why? They don't believe the message the way he did. Well, praise the Lord, saints. Now, this apparently was a big thing to him because he just keeps going back to it, which is why I keep going back to it because I got the same Holy Ghost in me that he had in him. And if you've got it in you, you'll say amen. Amen. And you'll do the same thing that he said. Now, watch. The next day, take a plane and start back to Rome then to the United States and leave them there like sheep among wolves. What if, oh no. Don't tell me he's gonna. What if I had a group of men, young men, trained in the message and say, now, wait a minute. Before I leave here, we are going to set in order these churches. Now, remember, this is what Paul did on the Isle of Crete, remember I told it to you not long ago, over a 100 cities from the north part of the island to the south, but Paul got called away and he sends Titus back to set the churches in order. And Paul told Titus when you go, he was going under the apostolic umbrella of Paul and he said, ordain elders in every city. Now remember, Brother Branham was a word prophet. So what's he pointing us back to? How the original church was founded and also how they expanded. Now listen, how they were founded and how they expanded. Now before I leave here, we're gonna set in order these churches. I'll have a man who I've already telegrammed him. They've got the money. They're on the road right now to take over this a good man. There's two or three young men with him who'll be his helpers and assistants. Well, I, I guess I don't understand. I mean, Brother Branham didn't say there's three or four tape recorders coming and there's MP3 players coming and there's CD players coming and then we we got backup CD players and we got backup reel to reel players. I mean, I, I just can't already believe that Brother Branham was wanting to put Men, 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 didn't he know they were full of mistakes? He did, just like he himself was. Praise the Lord. Just like Paul was, just like Peter was, just like all of us are. But that's God's choice. God has never called a tape player brother. And never will. God has never said, I will sing among the tapes, but I will sing in the church among my brethren. And somebody said, now watch, this is what the prophet now is giving to the people and the, the brothers have come together and ask him questions now about the state of the church at the tabernacle now. He's going to preach a little bit, and he titles this, Taking Sides of Jesus. But first, he goes into the questions, and here you're hearing from his heart something that he never said quite like this anywhere else. But he's at home now. Now, if you really want to get a lot of the doctrines of the message, if you'll notice when he's at home, it's when he really opens it up. When he's out there among the goats of Pentecost and the goats of the denomination, he'll water it down for him a little here and a little there. But the real meat of it, mm -hmm, follow him back to where the sheep pen was. And if you'll notice when the Lord showed him the vision of the stored up food, you'll notice it wasn't in Chicago, it wasn't in Los Angeles, but it was from that little storehouse there on 8th and Penn Street. Now watch this. And a church of this faith can be set there with, there will be an outpost in India, an outpost in Germany, an outpost in Switzerland. Oh, if the Lord could let him look beyond the curtain of time tonight. Now, when he was here, he never got to see this quote fulfilled. He never got to see outpost of the message all over the world. Do you realize Brother Darrell, which is not here tonight, is not feeling well? Brother Darrell, Brother Jeff Snodgrass, many ministers that's been able to travel international, they have been able to see with their own eyes what God never allowed Brother Branham to see with his. He never got to preach in message churches in Switzerland and Luzon when he was there in 1955. He never got to preach in message churches in France the way I've been allowed to. He was never allowed to go and preach in many of these countries that servants of God have been allowed to go. and never saw the message unveiled in that. But still, Harry, he had the apostolic vision and burden. Look, friend, if we're really followers of this message, I believe we will get under the same anointing. The same desire, the same pulsation of the Holy Ghost that he was under. And what was that pulsation? To set up little outposts and let it go exactly the way the apostolic order was. And have men that are called of God, led by the Spirit of God, preaching the word. And Word of Life Church said... A church of this faith can be said in India there will be an outpost in India, outpost in Germany, outpost in Switzerland. Why right now? We should have had them all around the nations where I've been. And the message, then from there comes another and another and another. You see what I mean? Now watch in he talks about Matson Bose. And then this next paragraph, but just watch what that man did, Matson Bozak, Trinitarian, never did really see Brother Branham as who he was. Oh, Brother Branham, Brother Branham, Brother Branham, I love you, I love you. Now, Matson, me and you's right here and you ain't going nowhere. And he said, I put my arms around him, me and you's gonna stay right here and we're going, oh, Brother Branham, Brother Branham, I sure do love you, I sure do love you, Brother Branham. But I want you to notice what he says about this man. Watch what that man did in his missions over there. One man, because he could send right back to Chicago and pick up Burton and all the rest of them and send them over there like that and start the work doing till they're getting up in the tens of thousands of one little revival. Not a man with gifts, just a man who had enough courage to go there and start. What could have been done under this? it would have been ranking in the millions. Every time I read this, I feel so sorry for him because Caroline never got to see it. He never got to travel all over the world and think about, praise God, I'm holding a convention in Johannesburg and it'll be mainly message folks. I'm going to Durban. I've walked the streets in Durban where he was at I walked by the hotel where he stayed. I've been in many of those places and realized that I am so privileged to preach to one message church after another, after another. And his heart's desire was to see it set up that way. Why? He knew they could not survive and be what they were supposed to be by staying at home and just playing a tape. I thank God for streaming. I'm grateful for the Look, friend, I've had to stream myself when I've been sick or Carol been sick and we'd stay home and stream and I'll tell you what I do. Every time I get done streaming, either me or her one will say it. Thank God we don't have to stream all the time. I'm grateful for streaming and I know there's people that are sick and people that don't have a church in their community but I'm so grateful to God that I've got one where I live. I'm so grateful to God that I can come to the house of God not just to be here, not just to be in this building but to be with you and you and you and you and you as you bring your lick of fire and that presence gets greater and greater and greater. Oh, how blessed we are. Can you imagine, Brother Branham, last year when we had the dedication of this place? And all them message people, the majority of message people, hundreds of them, hundreds of them, that were gathered here. As I sat up here on the platform and I looked out there and I couldn't keep from thinking, Brother Branham never got to preach in a message convention. One of the last sermons that he ever preached, things that are to be Rialto, California, an assembly of God, church. Assembly of God. Brother Harvey and Sister Shirley was at the place when he preached the rapture. Brother Harvey's told me before, it was at a a meal there, the banquet thing. And they were in the back of the building trying to clean up the dishes, right, Brother Harvey? Taking the tablecloths off the table. Brother Branham up there preaching, then was standing back there waving at him, trying to get him to shut up. He never even slowed down. You'd never know that, would you, by listening to the rapture. Next time you listen to it, you can listen to it with a little better understanding. And boy, am I glad he never paid no attention to them waivers because God knew there's gonna be some down here waving glory to God. Thank God for the rapture because there was things he preached in there and never said nowhere else. You imagine how distracting that must have been for a preacher, no deacons like we got in our assembly, no assistant ministers there to pull with him but working in everywhere that he went, then threatened to throw him out. We're not supporting the meeting, but he stood there by himself many times. Thank God for a prophet who was able to bring all the things that he did in order to bring you and I a rapturing message that would so build our faith in the gospel that one day it'll change our bodies. Aren't you glad he was a real man of God that stayed there and fought right through all hell? Oh, my. I just wonder what he'd say today if he knew all over the earth his message has swept. I've stood in homes in India and Africa in third world countries, they didn't even have a floor. Dirt. We just recently put a concrete floor in a big church in Africa. You did. Oh, well, you didn't know it, did you? And for years after we built the building, they didn't have no floor. Well, you imagine a bunch of holy rollers getting in there shouting and dancing. It was a dust storm every time they'd go to church. You ain't never seen nothing you get amongst them Africans. They ain't like you white people. They ain't like you white people. You're sitting there watching your watch and and setting a timer on me. They go to church, they go to have church. They go to church, they sit there, they may walk, they may hitchhike, they may get in a bicycle. They ain't got all the time schedule that we have. They're there to stay, I mean, until God moves. Oh, my. I saw them pictures not long ago and I thought, my, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And yet the prophet of God, you imagine, 44 churches and one of the African nations still waiting for me to come and dedicate their buildings that you built. That's only in one country. Oh, if God would let him look beyond the curtain of time and look down into Malawi and look into Zimbabwe, when there was a man that had found the half of a message book in a garbage can. But at least he got the half with the address in Jeffersonville. And then a man ordered him. and whenever he got it, he started handing it around and revival broke out in some of the campuses there. And some of the great preachers of them, that country was men that was in, in school and educated. That man that did that later left the message. Can you imagine? All he was was a carrier he was a carrier but out of there come one church and another and another and another and another it's gone around the world and little old places out in Vanuatu, where brother Ron Peterson has been many times a little tiny island in the South Pacific out in the middle of nowhere that most of you probably didn't even know existed and yet you know what they may not have any of the great high class and culture and this and that that we've got but there was the word of God went there the message of Malachi Up in Alaska where you also built another church. All around the world where the word of God has went. And people say, what kind of strange people is this? It's a word bride. God placed his seed in the Inuits. God placed his seed in the Apache. God placed his seed, hallelujah. And all over the world in all skin colors, in all culture, come on church. Why, God wanted his government spread over the world Satan hates her like never before. (sighs) Oh my. What could have been done under this? It'd been ranking in the millions. Brother Neville, Brother Ruddle, Brother Crace, Brother Beeler, all your brethren here, Junie. Wherever you are and the rest of your brethren, God richly bless you. I see Terry, Lynn, Charlie Cox, David. Wow, so he's not saying, I see Wallensack. I see Sony. I see RCA. I see Terry, Lynn, Charlie Cox, David. A lot of you young men, God anoint you. My, how we'd like to pick up a handful of you to be in evangelism and set you somewhere. Set you somewhere. You see, that's the way the apostolic church was. They didn't split and divide a church so they could have their own. They didn't go out on their own and just start a big deal. This is the way they done it. Well, come on, read your Bible. Take more time to read the Bible and keep your head off of TikTok and Facebook and all that bunch of nonsense, and you'll find out I'm preaching to you the truth. Now notice how the prophet was picking up exactly the way that Paul did it. To be able to set you out somewhere why you wouldn't want to go to India or go to South Africa somewhere and thousands and thousands get saved and send some knothead down there that ain't going to do nothing but preach himself. Well, come on, you want to pick somebody that you've watched his life. Someone who has the same vision. That's right. That's right. Oh, praise the Lord. Notice this, he says, knowing that you've come up and you can stand and know the, say it. Well, you, you mean that's important? Well, if you're going to be a message church, you're going to have to know the message. And not only that, you're going to have to preach it. It ain't good enough to be written in your bylaws and never say nothing about the prophet from the pulpit. It don't do a bit of good to say, oh yeah, we really, 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 really really believe it, and you don't ever say nothing about it. You don't ever really preach the message of Malachi 4. I'm going to call you what you are. You're a lying hypocrite. Because if you really believe this message, you're gonna preach this message. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'll tell you one thing, I've got more wisdom than you have. Call it what you want to, I call it ignorance. I don't call it wisdom. How in the world can you have the truth and holding it back from people that are looking to you? I don't care who you are, young, old, big, fat, ugly, purdy, whatever you are, we're gonna be obligated to tell people the truth. <laughs> Whoo. Knowing that you've come up and you can stand and know the message mm. and study to prove yourself if you feel a call in your life. I see two, three young men, four or five sitting that back on the back row like that. You're young men. I'm getting old. Brother Neville's getting old. We're middle-aged men. Now listen. I'd like for some of you tape-only people to quote this for me. I'll give you a dollar if you will. <laughs> I'll give you 10 if you believe it. I didn't bring much money to church tonight, but I don't figure I'll be out in no way. <laughs> Brother Neville now is getting old. Middle-aged men, if time rolls on, we're gonna walk off the scene after a while. And- no, no. That can't be, can it? Do you all believe this or not? Amen. But how many so-called message people have never read this quote and never will? You know why? They don't believe what they say they believe. Oh, I believe every word, every word. You're lying through your teeth. Isn't it amazing now he doesn't say that a and sack is going to fill his shoes. <laughs> Oh, Brother Jackie, bless your heart, buddy. You'll be getting emails this week after this one. If time rolls on, we're going to walk off the scene after a while, and you've got to feel our shoes. My, And if you can get the preacher straight, boy, that's a miracle. <laughs> If you can get the preacher straight and him going right, look what he's going to do. He's going to influence. It would take hundreds of these things. That's it. We're just beating at it, you see. You've got to get a, oh Lord, oh no, oh no. Don't run out, please. Don't run off. We've got to get a system. Don't be scared. The next two words should be able to help you say amen. God's system. That was God's way back there. That was God's way in the early church age. And I believe it's God's way for us to do it. Oh my. Now, let's read in Revelation chapter two, verse two. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how that's gonna bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. Wow, you mean people were trying men who said they were apostles now, to be classified as an apostle in the time this was written in the book of Revelation, that was the highest class. Apostles, secondarily, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and so on. So the apostles, oh my, whenever you said apostle, you think Peter, James, John, you know. So there was a group of people in this church age and they were kind of, I'm an apostle. I'm sent forth, that's what the word means one that's sent forth with a message. I'm sent forth. But he said, thou hast tried them which say they are apostles. Look at the word tried. It means examine, make trial of, test for the purpose of ascertaining his quality. Now you understand that as laity, you have the right as a people of God to try every preacher. <laughs> you mean that, Brother Donnie? I do. Me? Every other preacher. You've got a right to look into the Word. You've got a right to listen to tapes. You've got a right. Well, you're going to put your soul in the care of them men? You better try them. Now, the Lord is actually bragging on this church because this is what they've done. So he said, thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, apostolos, messenger, he that is sent, a delegate, one sent forth with orders. So there were men going about, of course, like it's always been, you know, we're sent of God, hallelujah, we've been sent of God to do this and that. And God bragged on them and said, you all have tried them that say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars. Whoa. Now what's this in the Ephesian church age? The prophet reads the scripture that we just read and he said thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars. See that apostasy had already begun to set in the first church in the first age. Already started right there because the elect and the true church who wanted to keep the precepts of the Bible and keep the words that Jesus said in his testimony that already began to pull away. Something began to happen. There have been false teachers rise up. People who were teaching wrong, contrary to the scripture, trying to bring in something or add something. And that's the reason he gave this revelation to the church that said, whosoever takes away or adds to, your part will be taken out of the book of life. Just don't meddle with God's word. And the church said, Amen. "Now watch this." In the Ephesian church age, in the church age book, again the same scripture. Thou hast tried them to say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars. My, that is a blunt statement. Thou hast tried them who call themselves apostles. Isn't that presumptuous? What right has a people to try those who call themselves apostles? And how do they try them? Oh, I love this here. It is Galatians 1.8. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than which we have already preached unto you, let him be accursed. It was the apostles who brought the original word to the people. That original word could not change, not even a dot or a dash of it. Paul knew it was God who'd spoken to him, so he said, even if I come back and try to give, oh my, listen not this, a second revelation, try to make one little change, and what I gave originally, let me be accursed much less some bow-legged two-before-preacher that ain't never even been in the presence of God long enough to get the Holy Ghost, and he's gonna stand up and say, well, I think this, and I I don't care what they think. I'm gonna believe God's Bible, and I'm gonna believe God's prophet over every preacher and the Baptist and the Methodist and the Church of God and every one of them in this message if they ain't saying what the prophet of God said. Come on, somebody. Oh, my. Oh, my. Notice, so Paul knew if God gave him that revelation, it was impossible for God to change it. He said, even if I try to make one little change in what I gave originally, let me be accursed. Paul knew the first revelation was correct. God can't give a first revelation, then a second revelation. If he did, it would be changing his mind. He can give, listen to this, beautiful. He can give a revelation and then add to it. Amen. Amen, he can add to it as he did in the Garden of Eden when he promised the seed to the woman, then later designated that seed had to come through Abraham and then later said it would come by the same bloodline in David. What's he doing? Giving more information on the same revelation. Who had make a good song? More information on the same revelation, unfolding God's precious word. More information on the same revelation, unfolding God's precious word. He can't never change his mind. He can't never change his word. Because he's God, he cannot change. He builds revelation. Revelation upon revelation, yeah. <laughs> well, glory. Notice, he can give a revelation, then add to it. So what did he do? He gave the revelation. Then he said, all right, Abraham, you're part of it. Then he said, David, you're part of it. What'd you do? Adding more information. Mm-hmm. But it was the same revelation. Listen to this. It only gave the people more information. Don't you understand, friends, why we need this message? It gives us more revelation, Mm -hmm. but it gives us more information of the original revelation that's written in our Holy Bible. This message did not come to throw away your Bible. I love my Bible now more than I've ever loved it in my life. Anybody that says I don't preach the Bible is a bald-faced liar. And you come face me and I'll show you, I do preach the Bible. I preach it, I quote it, I live it, I sleep it, I eat it, I listen to it, I believe my Bible. I love my Bible. And this message only adds more revelation to my Bible and more information. It only gave the people more information to help them receive and understand it. But God's word can't change. The seed came exactly as revealed, hallelujah. And see what those false prophets were doing? They came with their own word. Those Ephesians knew that word as Paul had taught it. And they were full of the Holy Ghost by laying on of Paul's hands. And they looked those false prophets in the eye and said, you are not saying what Paul said. You are therefore false. And let me just say it this way so it'll be easy understood. Any preacher, I don't care how long he's been around or how many years he's preached, if he stops saying what God's prophet says and starts adding here and taking away there, if need be, I will do likewise. You, sir, are a liar. And I hope you all have got enough guts that if I ever go nuts and lose my mind, and I start saying things that ain't what he said, that you all walk right up to me and say, Brother Donnie, you're not saying what the prophet said. Well, come on, children, our soul's at stake here. We wanna be right before God. We're not following men, we're following the kingdom of God and the government is upon the shoulders of the body, not just the preachers, but on you as well. Oh my, he said, oh, that sets my heart on fire. Get back to the word. It's not you that really tries the apostle and the prophet and teacher. It's the word that tries them. One of these days, there's gonna come a prophet to the Laodicean church agent. You won't know if he's a real one sent from God or not, yes you will. For if he is of God, he will be in that word exactly as God gave it to Paul. He won't deviate from that word, come on now, for a moment, not for one iota. In that last age when there will be many false prophets appearing. Notice one of the tactics always false prophets will use. Watch and see how they keep telling you that if you don't believe them and what they say, you'll be lost. But when that last day prophet comes on the scene, if he is truly that prophet, he will be crying out, get back to the word or you are lost. I can follow a man like them. He won't build on a private revelation or interpretation. Brother Randy Willis sent me a YouTube video the other day. I it. Brother Rob showed it with some different ones. And it's T.O. Osborne standing explaining about when he went to Oregon. And he said, whenever he walked in there and he saw Brother Branham there, he said, I saw Christ in that man. He said, I seen Jesus. Of course, then he went on to say, forget all that other foolishness that happened. I'm talking about whenever I knew him. I thought, hell. Yeah. What you're identifying as foolishness is what we call the opening of the seven seals. (laughs) When the full word is born into full manifestation. But you imagine that man when he stands before God and whenever he stood there and said he saw Christ, that Brother Branham represented Christ. Oh, some of these liars and hypocrites have left the message and they go around, wanna accuse a prophet of this and that and the other. You ought to go back to the testimony of those who were his contemporaries. If they all looked at him as being a liar and a devil, why did they all want his anointing? If they looked at him as being a false prophet, why didn't they make their videos and refute him? It's easy after he's done common God for you bunch of yellow-bellied cowards to stand up. I'd like to see you walk before him. If that prophet was on the earth, you might walk before him, but they'd pack you out. Come on, somebody, whoo, hallelujah. Brother Donnie, where you going with this? I'll tell you where we're going with this. We're gonna leave this world with this. We are taking our stand for Jesus Christ, the word. I don't know about you, friend, I'm more hungry for heaven than I've ever been in my life. I've got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. I'm sick of this world, I'm sick of sin, I'm sick of unbelief, I'm sick of panty waste preachers. Let's get the last one in let's get full of the Holy Ghost let's get out of this place and go home let's leave this hell hole and let the devil have it good Lord what happened to y'all's pastor John the Baptist must have walked out here tonight man a lot Already, they were denying the word and setting up their own creeds and philosophies instead of the word. Listen, friends, how dangerous this is. Denying the word, setting up their own creeds and philosophies instead of the word. That is anti Christ. For Jesus is the word, to be anti word is to be anti-Jesus. To be anti-word is to be anti-Christ. Amen. But the tricky part about being anti-Christ is they won't deny the cross. They won't deny heaven. They won't deny hell. They won't deny the power of the blood. Some of the antichrists right around this message will preach the church ages. They will preach 1909. They'll preach the pillar of fire. They'll preach part of it, but they go to deviating here and changing it there so subtly and so sly. Hide this, Lord Jesus. Because the Spirit and the Word are one and if you're anti-Word, you'll have to be anti-Christ. And if it started in the first church, it will have to grow until the end when it takes over. And that is exactly, oh, my God, help us. What you'll see as we cover all the ages, it starts out real small. Satan never shows you what you're going to wind up being. But he starts you out so tiny. Remember, Eve did not deny or question a whole book. One word. She didn't question a paragraph, a sentence, one word. God help us. The infallibility of the word is repudiated by the false apostles of the false church. Now it is easy to get a wrong impression, I'll close here momentarily, of what we're talking about because I'm making this so strong. It could sound to you as though this anti-word, anti-Christ spirit is a complete repudiation of the word, a denial of the Bible culminating in its rejection. No, sir, it is not that. What it is is Revelation 22, 18, 19, and then you read the scripture, for I testify every man that hear the words of the prophecy of this book If any man shall add unto these things. God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. There will be preachers whose name was written in the book of life. And they will stand up and preach Trinitarian baptism. There will be preachers that have preached this message and they'll stand up and say, well, I am an apostle of the message and I am sent to bring clarity to what Brother Branham said. I'm sent to fill in the places he left out. No, you need to leave out from underneath that man. Don't you understand, friend, there's gonna be message preachers that's gonna miss the rapture and they're gonna stand before God and the very message they refuse to preach they think they're gonna stand with Paul, get a hold of yourself. Paul is not your messenger. Preachers in this message think they're gonna stand by Paul. You're not gonna stand by Paul. Elijah is your church's messenger. And if you go against his teaching, thinking you're standing with Paul, you're not gonna stand with Paul. It will be that prophet that will stand there and the other men of God who tried to warn you and you went right over the top of it. God help us. It is the changing of even one word by taking away or adding to it. It is the original trick of Satan in the Garden of Eden. He just added one little word to what God said. That did it. It brought death and destruction. And in Ephesus, it was just the same. Just a word added. Just a word taken away. And the anti-word, anti-Christ spirit began to flourish. This one here in God of this evil age, I shudder every time, I've, every time I listen to this one. I've listened to these, this sermon many, many times. It always does something to me. Remember, it was an unpardonable sin. Three times in the Bible, for any persons to add one word of their own interpretation to God's word after it had been vindicated—the truth, friends—unpardonable, unpardonable, no forgiveness. When we overstep the boundary of God's word and some of the worst ones it's guilty of it's preachers. I wonder how many of them in our ranks have already crossed the line because they exalt their own ability and their own wisdom so called and they think they know more about this and that and the other than a vindicated prophet of God. When we get that idea, it shows how little we do know. Lord God. In the Garden of Eden, one word added caused death. When Balaam added the word that we're all the same, God never did forgive Israel. Every one of them perished in the wilderness except the three that God brought out. Jesus said they're every one dead. That's eternal Separated. They're all gone. Never was forgiven. And he says it again. It's an unpardonable sin. Never forgiven them. And then watch how he directs this to us. Flee it, children of the evening lights. Do you understand what that means? It's going to be amongst us. Brother Larry, it's going to come amongst us. And this is our warning. Flee it, Brother Joe. Flee your children. You will be tried by this. Every one of us will be tried. Huh. I don't know about you. I want to take my stand on God's word. Let's bow merciful God Lord Jesus what a fearful time we know this has been in every age and the repetitive behavior of Satan he's like clockwork we can watch him he found something that worked in the Garden of Eden and he's used it ever since Dear God, I pray, don't let there be a one of us sitting here tonight that have heard this. Lord, don't let us walk away. Hide me, Jesus. Keep me, Lord. Keep me, Lord, God. Lord, if I live t- to March the 27th, it will be 41 years since I preached the first message. about your prophet. 41 years ago in our little church in Kentucky, March the 27th, 1983. Jesus, I'm more fearful now than I was then. How many have we seen come and go, Lord? How many preachers have we seen fall by the wayside? How many have we seen that built their own little agenda, their own little deal. Or oh, they never built it right off. But they started letting go of this word and that word and another word. And well, you know what? We, we, we just, we, we don't accept the prophet's teaching on this and we don't accept it on that and we don't accept it on something else. They never intend, most of them, to leave the message in its entirety. They just start out with one little point and then another and then another, and another. Israel had no intention of ever becoming idolaters. They had no intention of ever offering their children in the arms of Chemosh. This molten God that stood nine to ten foot tall, hollow on its inside, and they would build a fire on the inside of it, and heat up this image and take their children and lay them in the arms of this burning molten image and their babies would scream and holler as the flesh would be cooked off their bodies and they would die in the arms of Kibosh. They never intended to do that when they started committing idolatry but they just left off this and then a little more and then a little more and a little more. They never started offering their children that way. They never started falling down before the idols of Moab and Ammon. But Satan knew that would be their end. That's where he would take them to. He does us the same way. If we'll compromise a little here and, well, you know, we, we, we just choose not to go this way. Well, yeah, we believe the message, but we, we just, you know, we, we're, we're, we're sovereign. And so we feel like we, we don't have to do this in our church. God, I pray you would help us. Help me, Lord. God is the pastor of this church. I never get foolish and stupid and ignorant and arrogant and puffed up. I think I know more about your way than your prophet does. Help the preachers around the world in this message, God. So no wonder we got one in the southern hemisphere preaching that he's Elohim and hundreds of his people bowing before him. We've got others in the north country preaching they're the Holy Ghost Himself. Others preaching all kinds of nonsense. They didn't start out that way. But they started leaving this quote out and that one out. And that's how they got into this filth and tommy rot. Just as much whoredom as any organization in the world. Hide us, Jesus. Hide me, Lord. Please, Father, if you ever see that I'd start to go astray, take me. Cut my life short. Take me out if I get stubborn and hard-headed. Take me out, God. Don't let me bring reproach on this word. Don't let me bring reproach on you, Jesus. Don't let me lead your children astray. Please, Father, help me. May our church always be a beacon. May our church always be a place where the sick can be healed, the lost can be saved, the desperate can be delivered, Lord God. May our church always be a church that believes in the phenomenal and the supernatural hand of God. May we always be a church that believes in holiness and purity and saying what the Word says, Lord. Please, Father. Please. Hallelujah. Raise your heads if you would. You can't see it tonight, but I've got my banner hoisted up. It's the banner of the blood of the Lord Jesus. And I still believe it's what it takes to cleanse us. On that banner is also sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, restoration of the word in the last days back to the original apostolic faith. I believe in still preaching the doctrine that's in the New Testament. I still believe in preaching the message too, not just being a silent believer. The Bible tells us there was Pharisees who believed. Somebody, would you please stand up and please explain to me how you could be a Pharisee and believe? How could you still be a Baptist and believe? How could you still be a Church of Christ and believe? But we have them. How could you be a Pentecostal and still believe? Because you hybridize like Eve did. And your womb becomes spoiled with a rotten, defiled seed. As long as I'm here as your pastor, Y'all can vote me out, of course, anytime you want to. You can have an election after this service tonight if you wish. But as long as I'm here as your pastor and I'm in your right mind, I plan on preaching the new birth, baptism of the Holy Ghost, water baptism in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the restoration of the end time, the mysteries that was lost down through the church ages, I plan on keeping them. I plan on still preaching the message of Malachi 4, and I plan on mentioning his name. And I plan on reading quotes from the message of the hour. I plan on still introducing to our young people they can have their own experience with God. I still plan on praying for the sick and casting out devils. That's my banner. And I want the devil to know because we moved in a new church, I have no intention on compromising. I'd rather have five in here than to have 5,000 if we could get that many in here and have a bunch of dead beats and ain't even born of the spirit of God. I'd rather have five people that was full of the Holy Ghost and will turn this community upside down with five people filled with the spirit of God. Amen. Now I ask you, I have made my stand on the banner that I fly high. I ask you, Where do you stand? Where do you stand, men, women, boys, girls? What about you on the internet? Where do you stand? We are gonna stand for this gospel. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All friends, if we'll stand for him, he will stand for us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We've got a little brother that's been asking his mom and dad about being baptized, and it's really been pressing him. So we want to baptize him tonight. But before we do, let's just sing just a little bit and just worship the Lord. Let's just create just a little bit of atmosphere here, can we? I know these things can be a little bit scary. I know they can. I understand they're scary for me. You believe whatever you want to about this service and you just take it however you wish to. But when I hear the Holy Ghost saying what he said tonight, it scares me. It scares me as a mortal. Oh, Brother Don, don't you think you got the Holy Ghost? I do. Don't scare me because I ain't afraid I ain't got it. It scares me for those that ain't. It scares me for men that I know this very hour are meddling with this word. Replacing, relocating, dissecting, minimizing. This don't matter, that don't matter. God have mercy on us children. May we never do such to God's word. Can we lay our hands over on one another? Let's just pray for one another. That God will strengthen us and help us to be solid, sound, firm believers in the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, we have our hands laid one upon the other tonight, Father. We're asking you, Jesus, keep us true. Keep us true. I don't imagine Demas ever thought himself to be one that would have ever turned his back on Paul. I don't imagine when Demas started off saying he believed the message and he was so caught up in it and promoting it and oh my, the man was such a dynamic preacher. I don't imagine he ever thought he would ever forsake you. But the Bible says having loved this present world, he walked away. Keep us, Jesus. Keep us true. Lord God, if we have to walk alone, if we have to walk this way by ourselves, keep us, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. Oh, God, give me the anointing like I've never had it before in my life, Father. Help me, Lord God, I pray. In the name of Jesus, every layperson, every minister, every deacon, every trustee, the brothers in the sound booth and the video booth, every person streaming tonight, Lord, may they feel a shaking down in their soul. Father, that we are more determined tonight after this service, we will not compromise this word. We will not trade it off. It would be a waste, Lord, of my entire life for me to live and preach. And do whatever that I might have done down through the years and then come right down to the end and add a word or take away from the word of God and blaspheme. Help us, Lord Jesus. Keep us true, Father. Keep us faithful. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I don't want just a baptism of fire to fill our church. I don't want just a baptism of the supernatural, but a baptism of dedication. A baptism of consecration, Lord. A baptism of the love of your word and the love of each other. So much, Father, that we're more determined than ever before to take a stand, Father. Give me strength, Lord, to fly this banner. I believe with all of my heart, God, this work is ordained of you. Help me, Father, that I can stand here as long as I've got breath and I'm in my right mind to fly the banner that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still heals. He still saves. He still fills with the Holy Ghost. Grant it, Lord God. Grant it, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. We want to take our stand, Lord. I pray for the musicians. I pray for all those that work behind the scenes. Dear God, may you help each of us. Lord, I know the brothers up on the sound booth and the video and the streaming and all that. Lord, they sacrifice and sacrifice service after service. Lord, trying to make it available for the others. Lord, God, would you minister to them as well. Would you help them, Father? They give up setting with their families and they give up being able to be down here in their sanctuary. But, Father, may you minister to them. May you help them, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we say tonight we need you like never before, Father. We need you, Lord. Keep us true, Lord Jesus. Keep us true, I pray, Lord. We worship you, Father God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I mean, he loves him with all your heart. You want to be found faithful. You want to be true. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Let's sing something together. Brother Parker, if you'll come, my little brother we prepared for the baptism, yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God.
1: Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you, want to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of Your glory. Pour out Your power and love as we sing. Of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I wanna see you. Yes, I wanna see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. my heart, I want to see you, Lord, I want to see Power and love is we
0: we want to see our children. Well, I I don't understand why. I don't understand why any message preacher wouldn't want his family or the youth of his church not to have the same experience that he has. Why would we not want our children to be baptized the right way, our children to be raised this way, God dealing with their hearts, not because it's a tradition, because God Himself dealing with them. Heavenly Father, Dear God, our little brother been wanting to be baptized, and we believe it's been you dealing with his heart. We're asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would just deal further with him, Lord. I can baptize him in water, but only you can fill his soul with the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord God, as he comes to take on your name and water baptism, and. Assemble, Lord, to the the church, to the world that they'd be able to see that he's made a confession, that you've done something for him and you've been dealing with him. I pray, Heavenly Father, that he would not stop here, but he would keep on praying, reading his Bible, coming to church, hungering for that Spirit of God to indwell him. May you be with him, Lord. May you walk the walk that is pleasing to you, I pray. In Jesus' name. The park upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus. I'm going to baptize you tonight in his name, okay? You just keep walking according to his word. Let him fill you with his presence, okay? I baptize this my little brother in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Enjoy the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Hasn't God been good to us? Let's sing this song. This song was on my mind today. When the redeemed are gathering in. Maybe key of G, I think. We'll sing that this evening as you're dismissed tonight. Oh, I am thinking of a rapture in our blessed home on high. When the redeemed are gathering in. Are gathering in Oh, when the redeemed Are gathering in Oh, washed like snow And free from all sin Oh, how we'll shout And how we'll sing When the redeemed Are gathering in Let's try that verse again I am thinking of a rapture in our blessed home on high. When the redeemed are gathering in, how we'll raise the heavenly anthem in that city in the sky. When the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in, Oh, washed like snow and free from all sin How we'll shout, how we'll sing When the redeemed are gathering in There will be a great procession over on the streets of gold When the redeemed are gathering in oh what music oh what singing or that city will be rolled when the redeemed are gathering in oh when the redeemed are gathering in oh wash like snow and free from all sin how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in Saints will sing redemption story With their voices clear and strong When the redeemed are gathering in Then the angels all will listen For they cannot join that song When the redeemed are gathering in the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from all sin. How we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Well, oh, then the Savior will give order. To prepare the banquet board When the redeemed Are gathering in And we'll hear His invitation Come ye blessed of the Lord When the redeemed Are gathering in Oh, when the redeemed Oh, washed like snow And free from all sin How we'll shout and how we'll sing When the redeemed are gathering